Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Come on, how are you doing? It's Sunday. We're in God's house. Let's get excited. It's exciting to be here. Um, For those of you who are visiting, my name is Henry Gray, and um, they had me back this week. I, I was preaching last week, so for those of you who are joining us, um, you're in for a treat, hopefully. <laughs> um, today's going to be uh, a little different. We're, I'm excited to um, be bringing you the first installment of the message, so I'm going to do like 15, if you'll have me, do the f- first 15 minutes, and then we're going to hand it off to our incredible Cole Criddle. Let's give it up for Cole. He'll be coming up here in a bit. Cole, that's the bar. Um, they just set the bar for you, so you're going to have to bring it, man, uh, and I know you will, so... Um, today we're going to continue in our Follow Me series. You know, we've been talking about, um, just to catch some, some of us up, about the Follow Me series and what that means when Jesus says, follow me. Um, I really feel like uh, a lot of us try to get our house in order. A lot of us really try to know, um, you know, we got to clean things up before we actually say and pursue, yeah, let's, let, me, let me follow Jesus. But really, it's just the understanding that, you know what, follow me means I'm just going to walk in, in, the, in the truth that God has called me to and be who God has created me to be. Um, I'm going to talk to us a little bit today about following me to a better you. So understanding that when Jesus says, follow me, it's really to be a better you. Um, before we start, um, I want us to pray. So let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Thank you, God, so much for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, thank you for your spirit that's already here. I pray, Father, that you would be with my words to connect to the hearts of those that are receptive, and I pray that you would teach me something, even as I'm preaching and delivering your word, Father. Thank you so much for our identity that is found in you, and I thank you that we are children of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We are children of the living God. How many believe that? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, Well, I'm going to be preaching today out of Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to read to verse 42. It's a small passage of scripture. And um, for those of you who are familiar, it's the story of Martha and Mary. Story of Martha and Mary. And it just kind of, it kind of contrasts the idea of doing a lot of things for the sake of Jesus and being just in the presence of Jesus. And we're going to read about that. And I think that that's uh, so our culture. When we get called to something, or we, somebody raises us up, we want to be the first, we want to do the first thing that we can to make sure that we are walking in the fullness of that particular sphere of influence, that, that arena of life. Um, if it's a new job opportunity, we want to do the right things. We want to keep doing, 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 making sure we're crossing our T's and, and dotting our I's uh, for you auditors in the crowd. Um, just kind of giving y'all a shout out. I respect y'all. Please don't. Yeah, I'll just leave that there. Okay. Um, God, God bless y'all. Let's say that. God bless you auditors. I love y'all. Um, but what I want to preach today is really from the passage of Luke 10 and understand, and we're going to get into it, um, uh, just the contrast between. Is that all right? Is that good? All right, let's get to it. All right, so Luke 10, verse 38. Jesus visits Martha and Mary. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. So you already understand that Jesus is with his 12 disciples. There's, there's a, a lot of men walking here. They're probably hungry, probably tired. And we're going to arrive and settle somewhere. Scripture teaches us that um, when, uh, when you go out and proclaim the good news, Jesus said, don't, 
don't kind of shy away from the gifts that people are going to bring you because of it. So I'm sure they're hungry, and you know what? They're preaching the good news. I'm going to walk in that, and whatever's given to me. If it's food, I'm going to eat. I'm their guys, right? I mean, we're guys. Guys, come on, guys. Like food, that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our love language. Um, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. So if you think about that, her sister Mary just sat at the Lord's feet. So doorbell rings or knock comes. It's Jesus, King of Kings, is knocking at your door. And maybe Martha is like thinking, I got to get everything in order. I got to get like all the, the cups front faced. I got to make sure if it's my house, I got to get all the toys up from my toddler and put them in the closet nobody goes into or put, pick up all the dirty clothes up off the floor. I, I got to get it pristine. And I say that because if it's a guest coming over to my house, I got to make it make sure it looks that way. So if it's the king of kings, Jesus, I want to make sure that I don't even have white floors, but that my floors are white. So... <laughs> It says that her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, and if I'm Martha, I'm thinking, rude, right? I mean, help me, please. Like, clean up a little bit of my mess. Mary's probably sitting there thinking, that's your mess. You got to clean that up. Uh, that's probably not what she's thinking, but let me stick to this. Listening to what he taught, it says Mary sat at the feet of Jesus whenever he walked in. So picture this. Jesus comes in, goes probably to a, 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 you know, a living room, place setting, if you think about um, kids in elementary school, they sit on this ABC carpet. I don't know if we still do that. I think probably still do. Teachers out there, help me out, right? Um, yes, yes, great. <laughs> so we're sitting on this carpet, and they're teaching the kids. They're so receptive. You're sitting there, and, and the kids are looking up, and they're like, okay, I'm getting, being taught here. And it's the posture of, of a child, almost. It's a posture of a disciple wanting to be taught something. This is Mary's posture. And, and Martha is inviting Jesus in, but she's trying to get some of the tasks done. Like, I need to make sure that this is this and, and that my guest, my guest of honor, the king of kings, is being served correctly. She's getting stuff done. So look at this picture. G, uh, Mary is here and just enjoying the teacher. She's in a, in a student role. She's acknowledging that Jesus is my teacher. Jesus is uh, my heavenly father. And Martha is welcoming in Jesus, and she's, she's saying um, he's a guest. Uh, I need to make sure he feels right. He, 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 he's okay. I need to wait on him. I need to give him food. So Mary th- pictures Jesus as a teacher and a father, and, and Martha is saying that he's a guest. Just that contrast in knowing, like, okay, guest, father. And I'm going to get to that and what that means. It says in verse, we'll pick up in verse 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was already preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that you, to you, excuse me, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? And I look at that statement, and if Jesus was teaching the disciples in that moment, Martha comes in and interrupts and just says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? And I feel like Jesus kind of like stops teaching, doesn't even say a word, maybe just kind of like tilts his head like, okay, Martha, you have my attention now. What is it that you need? And she says, tell her to come and help me. And I I think about that. Honestly, I look at Martha and I can relate to her, but she is bold. I mean, can we just give Martha some credit? She is bold in saying, 
you know what? This is the king of kings. He could probably change the situation. I'm going to come to, the, to Jesus, the king of kings, and say, you know what? I'm not liking this situation. I'm trying to get stuff done, and she's here just adoring you. Like, she, what, what, is, what is up here? My personality type won't even say a word. I will do the tasks excellently, but in my heart, I'm thinking that she needs to help me. And so I give Martha the real, I, honestly, I give Martha credit in saying, like, you know what, I'm going to speak it out. I feel like if I was in that moment, Jesus probably would have called me out and said, what's in your heart is evil. Get that wickedness out. Martha came forth, so I give her that, that credit and says, you know, I, I, I'm here with my sister, and I just sit here while I do all the work. I need some help. Tell her, Lord, to come help me. And then Jesus' words are pretty, pretty incredible. He says, my dear Martha... And I feel like that was the tone, too. My dear Martha. Or some, some versions say, Martha, Martha. Like, it says it twice. If you're parents and you say your name twice, it's like, you've missed the mark, or you're going to get in trouble, which is probably one and the same. So, but it says, that, it says here, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. You're worried about the tasks and, and how I feel and is everything okay? And your, your sister Mary is just here at my feet, just being in the moment. And he says, there is only one thing worth being. Everybody say being. Everybody say being. Hey, there we go. Concerned about. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And I feel like that last verse, what that means is Mary has, she has understood that it's about her portion, which is the Lord, and that will never be taken away from her. So I want us to understand that while Martha was doing to make her guests feel welcome, Mary was simply just being who she is in that moment and really just connecting to God the Father. And I feel like that's what God is honoring today. So today I want to speak to you a little bit about following Jesus to be a better you. Following Jesus to be a better you. And your current self, um, maybe not for any of you, we'll just talk about me. How about that? The current me is very busy. I want to make sure that I maybe hit the mark, um, not in a performance sense, but maybe just getting things done, checking them off my list uh, when it comes to the things maybe of God. So tasks or worried about doing, some, some of us might be worried about doing the right thing or the wrong thing if you're in that moment and Jesus is in your house. And you're like, oh, should I, should I move that jar? Should I, should I leave that there? There's clothes on the floor. That's really irritating me. Does God even care about that? Should I pick that up? Um, presentation, right? It's all about the presentation in the home sometimes. Or even for ourselves, what if Martha wasn't even presentable, but she opens the door to the king of kings and she's like, oh, I really should have put some makeup on. Uh, I don't know that she wore makeup, but we'll go there for the sake of being current and modern and presentable. Um, side note, uh, I just feel like I need to congratulate all the women in the house. I was watching my wife, Andrea, the other day put on her makeup, and I've never done this, ever. But I walked into the restroom. Yeah, it's, been, it's taken nine years. <laughs> I walked into the restroom, like, she's put on her makeup. Okay, there's, what did you call that? You put that on before the eyeshadow? Like, Why? Can't you just put that on? She's like, no, you got to put it on so it doesn't smear or, or whatever. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know what she was talking about, but I'm like, you know what? That's a process. So <laughs> congratulations to y'all for, for doing that every single day. You guys are, you women are doing an incredible job. So there you go. The current you could be focused on the busyness of, of the task, but Jesus wants you just to be 
and that's what I want to help you understand. It's, it's not about my message in a moment. If you can just take anything away from us today, from us, from me today, it is this. God is far more concerned about your being than he is about your doing for God's kingdom. God is far more concerned about your being than he is about your doing. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm, I'm not negating all the things that, that people do good for, for God's kingdom. I actually believe that if you're being who God created you to be, you're going to naturally do the things that he calls you to do. You're not going to force your way into, you know what, I feel like I'm going to be a giver today, and I'm going to hit that mark. God knows your heart anyway, so if you're trying to do that for performance or for, for the praise of men, that's, that's the wrong motivation. If we are just settle in the being and who God has created us to be, we will do the things that he's called us, called us to do. And I understand uh, the dynamic for some of us who maybe feel like, well, you don't, you don't know what I've been through, right? You don't, you don't know what, what I actually think of myself, or you don't know what people have actually said over myself and what me being me really means. And you're right. I relate. I don't know what that's been, uh, what's been said over you. I don't know, you know, what, what's been maybe spoken over your life and you've walked in that lie for a long time. But I have some scriptures here. Can I just read who God says you are so you can walk out? Maybe encouraged if you're feeling heavy. Maybe excited if you're feeling depressed. Maybe joyful if you're feeling um, left out. I'm going to read some scriptures here that I really feel can uplift your spirit so you can walk in the fullness of who God has called you to be. And just start there. Just start there in, in, in God's word. So um, stick with me. Just let these resonate um, over your spirit. So John 1.12 says, I am God's child. John 15, 15, I am Christ's friend. Romans 5, 1, I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, I am a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1, 5, I have been adopted as God's child. Ephesians 2, 18, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 14, I've been forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 2.10, I am complete in Christ. Philippians 1.6, I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be completed. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we give it up for the promises of God? Come on, let's celebrate the promises of God that are on our lives. I want to wrap up with helping you understand again that when we're called to something, a lot of the times we want to get busy doing tasks. We want to get caught up in, in doing things for God. But if we read scripture, even in Genesis, back in the, the book of Genesis, he said to be fruitful and multiply. He didn't say to do fruitful things. He wants you to just be who he created you to be. So understand it's about the being versus the doing. Is that good? Is that all right? All right, let's welcome up Cole Criddle. He's going to tie us up. And bring us home. Thanks, guys. Tie you up and bring you home. <laughs> it won't be that violent. <laughs> Thanks, Henry. Man, that was awesome. Good word, right? I was uh, just in prayer last night, and uh, this is a really, a really fresh, fresh mess, fresh message. We're getting off to a great start here, stuttering and everything. Go ahead and turn to John chapter one. John chapter 1, if you get your Bibles, it's also going to be up on the screen. We're going to unpack this real quick. So this is talking about Jesus, and it's going to be talking about Philip. 
and it's going to be talking about Nathaniel. So the next day he, Jesus, purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can any good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and, he, and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus had answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. If you, uh, this is going to be for the introverts, so instead of making everybody stand up and shake somebody's hand, just kind of look around at people around you kind of quietly. You've probably been doing that already. Uh, just kind of maybe smile, maybe just kind of appreciate that there's people around you that are that are seeking God today. And I make that that joke about introverts because we were talking the other day about leaders, you know, and ha- and there's we're all different, right? Some of us are like my wife when she gets home after being around people, she's just on fire, you know, and she's telling me every you know like all the conversations and. I'm not that way. Like, when I get home, I'm like, all right, I'm done with people. I'm done talking to people. I love my family, you know, but I'm just going to go veg out and try to recover. And that's what's going to happen today, by the way. And so I guess I'm assertive in crowds, but, man, you know, like, I'm wiped out when I'm done. And we're just all very different, right? Some of us are motivated to just be uh, perfectionists or reformers, you know. You, you walk into a room, you see the things that need to be cleaned up or made better. Some of us just want to help people too much, all the time, right? It's like, I know what I need. I don't need you to tell me that. Some of us are motivated to be successful, to look successful. Some of us are motivated to be special, too special. Some of us are motivated to um, be alone, too alone, all the time, right? Some of us are motivated to be safe. Some of us are motivated to experience variety and freedom. Some of us are motivated to be in control and independent. Some of us are motivated to be peacemakers, and God just made us very, very different. And we're cool with that. Like, we actually like that. We like the fact that we're different. But sometimes I feel like whenever we're, whenever we're interacting with God, we just want to kind of hide in the crowd. And there's a part of us that's like, we're not ready to engage. We're not ready to go there. It's easier for me to think like, what am I doing as part of Grace Avenue Church? Not what, what does God say to me right now? Like, what is God dealing with me in my heart right now? And sometimes it's easier for us to be like that. And my question, one of our questions for you, when God's calling us, just kind of in that context, are we changing God's personal call into impersonal corporate responsibility? Are we changing God's personal call on our life into this kind of like thing that he's calling all of us to do, like the church? So in this story, Nathaniel, he's not even one of the 12 disciples. This is the only place in the Bible he's mentioned. And what happens is, you know, Philip, who just got called to follow Jesus, comes to him and says, hey, we found the Messiah. And he, you know, and Nathaniel's like, well, you know, the, he's in the, out of Nazareth. Like, he's not supposed to come out of Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And Philip says, well, come and see. And so Jesus sees Philip or Nathaniel walking up, and he says, behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile or to whom there's no deception. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And, you know, some, some of us have that personality where it's like, 
they're straightforward, right? They're straight shooter. They're gonna, they're not, there's not gonna be any kind of baloney. They're just gonna be honest. They're gonna be, and so Philip's like, or Nathaniel's like, how do you know me? Like, yeah, that's exactly who I am. There's no guile in me. Like, I'm straight, I'm straightforward. How do you know me? And, and Jesus goes a step forward and he says, well, I saw you when you're under the fig tree and commentators agree that that's when Philip was probably crying out to God, that Philip was under the fig tree praying to God. And, and Jesus says, you know, I don't just know your personality. Like, I know you when you're connected to God, like you, you don't connect to anybody else. I know the thoughts that you have toward your kids. I know the thoughts that you have about your, about your future. I know the concerns, the things that concern you. Like, that's how well I know you. And Nathaniel's like, you're God. <laughs> He's like, all right, fine, you're God. And he says, you, you believe that I'm God because you, cause I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You're going to see greater things than that. You're going to see the angels of heaven descending and descending on the, on, on the Son of God. And, you know, God's call is a personal call. God knows you by name. The Bible says in Isaiah that God calls you by name, calls you by his name. And the Bible also says in Matthew chapter 10, 30, that the very hairs on your head are all numbered. We've heard that before, right? Numbers actually are a naming system. When you, when you name, this is one, this is two, this is three. Some cultures only have names that go up. They have one, two, three, and more than three. That's like their full numbers. <laughs> so if you don't, it, so language and naming, God's named every hair on your head. Like, God doesn't just know you. He knows you so intimately. Psalms 136, 1 through 6 says, Oh, Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before, and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high, and I cannot attain it. There's a, you know, I, I'm going to share this story. You guys probably been in this situation. Have you ever, have you ever been in a church service? Some of you might have been where the, the pastor's given specific words to people, calling people out. Or, or how about this? You're just in, a, in any kind of public setting, and, there, and, you're, and there's call-outs going on, like, hey, so-and-so, I know you. Hey, so-and-so, I know you, right? And you're like, I hope they say something about me, right? You know? Or if the pastor's given words, and they're calling people up for a word, you're like, oh, I hope I'm next. I hope, I hope that God sees me. We were in that situation where my wife's, my wife's church where she went to before we were married and um, the pastor was calling people out actually it was her her family's church after we were married and uh the pastor like pointed and i thought he's pointing at me he's pointing at the guy next to me he's like okay i got a word for you i was like all right yeah good and he's like no the guy next to you and uh and then his wife was like kind of elbowed him he's like all right i got a word for you too and i was like how does that work you know <laughs> i guess i just kind of like I don't know. I kind of, and it was a good word. So it was like, all right. But you know, when you have a personal call on God, it gives you a different kind of sustaining power, right? When God's called you specifically, it, you're not, you're not like group think. It's not like, well, I'm here as long as the world here. You're like, I'm here if everybody else leaves. Like if this is the field God's placed me in, I'm ready to face an army in this field because this is, this is where, this is what God's given to me. This is where God has me. There's a, there's a scriptural context, Second Samuel 23, you can go to for that. But you start considering yourself interchangeable. I've got, I got a list of these on, on the mirror because, you know, when I get discouraged, one time I was just kind of going to my wife and I was telling her, like, yeah, I just feel like I'm not making a difference. I feel like I'm, I'm not making an impact. I feel like I'm failing. And she said, go, go read your, you know, you need to go read your verses in the, in the bathroom, you know. Because in the bathroom I have, I'm qualified, that he's qualified me, that I, I'm undefeatable. You know, he said that I'm more than a conqueror through him. 
he said that, um, trying to think, I'm a mark maker, you know, that, 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 that I'm leaving an impact, that, I'm a, that we are a city set on a hill that, that cannot be hidden. The Bible, you know, and I just want to speak over you today. When God calls you, he calls you personally because he's got a specific plan for you. He's got a specific plan for you. And there's nothing that's going to keep you from that. The gift of God and the call of God are irrevocable. When God calls someone, he, the, the call doesn't go away. God's called that, that person specifically, and God sees when you're praying. God's, God hears you when you're praying. He knows the things that concern you, and you may feel like sometimes it's easier to just kind of be in the crowd, but God, God knows you, and God hears every prayer, and God hears even the prayers you're not praying right now. And I, so when, when he calls, one of the things I think that can keep us from that is like a spirit of heaviness. And I think that, that the Mary and Martha story that, that Henry shared is part of that, right? Because Mary, he's like, he's like you're, you're concerned about all these things, you know, but there's one thing that matters. And so I, I think Mary had kind of, a, or Martha had kind of a spirit of heaviness on her. And like when God walked in the room, what kept her from like going and sitting at the feet of God, part of that was just like, there wasn't the joy for it. There wasn't the, you know, there wasn't the energy for it because it was just like there was something else burdening her. And I, when, again, I was praying about this last night. This message is like super fresh. This is what the Lord's speaking to me because I felt like when I was praying and I was just kind of like, I'm not, man, I'm not hearing anything. Like, and I've, I've been in this season of like, gosh, I'm not hearing anything. I'm, I'm going in prayer. Like, you know, I, there's not unconfessed sin. It's just where, God, where are, you, where are you? And I feel like God in those moments will meet me and say, Cole, I know you. I know you, and I know Brielle and Elizabeth and Gage and Owen and Brittany, and I know the call I have for you. Um, so I guess another question I have for all of us is, are we walking in our new calling with our, with our old business cards? I, I wear a lot of hats right now. Um, I don't like answering that question, what do you do for a living? Because it's like, well, you sit down, you know, get comfortable. I do a lot for a living, you know, I do this, I do this, I do this. And so the other day I walked up and I, and I represented the wrong company. I said, yeah, I'm here on behalf of so-and-so. And I was like, oh, uh, never mind, I'm here on behalf of so-and-so because I saw the look on their face like, I've never heard of that. They're your insurance carrier. Oh, never mind, they're not. These other ones are your insurance carrier. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get fired from that position yet or not. <laughs> but sometimes we can walk in the new calling and still carry our old business cards. Like, like, the, like the disciples, whenever there was like this brief time where Jesus was like, was he, was he resurrected? He kind of was like coming, coming back, you know, kept visiting him. They, they decided they were going to go be, be fishermen again, kind of like they're like going back out and becoming fishermen. And we're, I'm going to touch on that in a minute with John. But, you know, Jesus, Jesus called them back into ministry again. Like it was time for them to let go of that old identity. And that's, that's really the thing that I want to encourage you guys today, when God calls you, he's calling you into something new. He's calling you to a new identity. Um, C.S. Lewis said, I would, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by a, the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. What, are, what do we need to let go of? First Peter, Jesus says that he's calling us out of a kingdom of darkness and into a kingdom of light. You can't hold both of those at the same time. You're either in the kingdom of light or you're in the kingdom of darkness. You're either pursuing the sex, the ambition, the, you know, everything else that, that you think is good, all the counterfeits, or you're pursuing what God has. And, and C.S. Lewis says it's like 
you're playing in the mud when you get an offer at a vacation at sea. It's like we're settling for this counterfeit that, that God, that the, the world offers instead of pursuing the thing that God has. You can't, you can't value following Jesus if you think that being a fisherman is the best thing in the world, you know? And God's ready to, God's ready to call us out. He's ready to call us forth, you know, and it's, it's not a generic call. It's a personal call to you. It's a personal call to your strengths. It's a personal call to your personality. It's a personal call to everything that God has for you. So I just want to encourage us, and Ephesians 4.22 just talks about laying aside the old, the old us and pursuing the new things that God has for us. So I, I want to close with um, just addressing the thing that I feel like God's placed on my heart as far as what keeps us from really following him, and I think it's a spirit of heaviness. I think there's a spirit of a lack of joy, a lack of just life that God wants to pour into us. And I think that the cares of this world choke it out. I think that um, the, the temperature of the culture is choking it out. And I think that um, wrong understanding of who we are and what God has for us chokes it out. I think that we're settling. I think that we're settling for less than what God would have for us. And and there's a, spiritual, there's a spiritual reason behind that, you know. God's ready to bring us into a fullness of joy. God's ready to fill us with his Holy Spirit. You have the capability to dream. You have the capability to have vision. You have the capability not to settle for less than what God has for you in, in, in the fullness of your calling. And it's going to be big, and it's going to be scary, and it's going to be more than you think you're capable of. But when Jesus says, follow me, it's not just about doing, it's about becoming. It's about relationship. And, it, and, you know, this is not part of my message. I wasn't planning on going here. But if you haven't made that decision, there's a personal invitation we try to, we try to throw out there uh, that doesn't come from us. It comes from Jesus, and it's to follow him. And it's going to require some letting go. And it's going to require a, a better calculation of what you have and what he's offering, you know, a more accurate understanding of what, of what, you, what the world offers and what God's offering you. So I, I want to I pray. Uh, the first prayer is just going to be for anyone who feels like there's been a lack of connection at, at, at the level of intimacy that you want with the Lord, that you have felt like he's talking to the church and you need to hear him talk to you by name. Uh, I want to pray for anyone who feels like there's a spirit of heaviness that's just blocked the joy and the Holy Spirit from flooding your life and from taking you to a different level. So I want to pray for that first, and then I want to pray for, for anyone. We'll pray together as a group for anyone who uh, wants to begin to follow the Lord. So just for that first group, if everyone could close your eyes and bow your head. If you feel like today you want a new filling of the Holy Spirit, you want joy in your life, you want a reconnection with, with, with God at a personal level, you want the personal call of God stronger on you. If that's you right now, if you would raise your hand, I want to know so I can pray. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.